Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're about to listen to a brand new episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast, and a podcast that we've been doing in various forms since about 2013. If you want to support the show and keep the lights on here, what you can do is go to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the show. At the $5 a month tier, you also get bonus content every week, including this week's episode, where we talk about Joe Branton and Wesley Snipes. Think about that. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hello. Oh, the boys are back in town. Yeah, oh, they just. Right. It is a great song of all time. I'm pretty convinced. It's a great I was trying to get you boys to sing along. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. everyone up. Um, so it's. Um, it's the first real show uh, back after Nam. Obviously, nothing happened last what? week. So what? I think that was my best hosting effort. I mean, looking at the numbers, the old DL figures, people were seriously put off by the. That's uh, not true. They were seriously <laughs> dissuaded from listening. My D figures were excellent. Your D was very small uh, last week. So um, yes, uh, we're all finally back in uh, and ready to podcast. I had an extra week off after Nam, in which I went to Seattle and Portland. Lovely part of the country that I've not been to before. Anyone else been to the Northwest? Tall story. No, absolutely not. Oh, I really liked it. It's real good. I saw a couple of guitar nerds worthy things. Uh, I went to Mike and Mike's guitar bar. Oh yeah, which was incredible. Like if you yeah. were going to design a guitar shop, it would be that. Loads of like mid-century furniture, so like fifties and sixties furniture kicking around. Loads of really old guitars. So a an actual fifty-two telly, which was very nice. Ooh, um, it was a lot of money. I was it? Can't remember exactly how much. Thirty-two grand, something like that. Thirty-two thousand dollars. Blimey. Um, loads of old Gretsch, old Gibson. Um, I also went to in Portland, uh, Old Town Music, uh-huh. which is a bit of a favourite of Blake from uh, the Tone Mob the podcast. Tone Mob, indeed. Um, and that shop was really good as well. Bit more of a mix because. So Mike and Mike's is very much kind of vintage and custom shop stuff. The Old Town Music had way more like. First, it had some cheaper old stuff. So it had like old Dan, a lot of old Dan Electros, like old weird Guild and things like that. But it also had like 80s and 90s stuff. 
Right. And not necessarily just like cool stuff. It had like Charvels and stuff like that, but it had some it had some cool stuff that I hadn't seen before. Like an Epiphone amp, which I think was from like the 70s. Oh, yeah. 60s or 70s. And it was massive. Probably the biggest 212 I've ever seen. <laughs> like I would say almost as wide as an Ampeg 810 on its side, but it was a 212 cab <laughs> with an Epiphone head. Like I couldn't work out whether it was valve or uh, or solid state. Blake might be able to um, fill us in if he's been into the shop recently. But um, yeah, mad stuff. And loads of also just stuff that you never, ever see in the UK. Like just good old vintage stuff. Um, yeah, it was cool. Nice oh, swag. And so just you talking about that telly there made me think about... I don't know if you listened to last week's podcast. No, of course no, I not. Didn't. He did. I was on yeah. holiday. Edit it. Didn't think so. Um, we talked if about. I'm going to have a week away from Joe Branton. I'm not going to listen yeah, to the podcast. That's fair enough. You did listen to a bit of it because you specifically chastised me for saying that you were the most boring man in in, in the world. Yeah, I know. I cut that bit out. <laughs> um, I I went to Guitar Center on Sunset Boulevard, and one of the things that became very apparent whilst we were walking around there was there were not really any old tellies. So there were no 52s or anything like that. Right, okay, weird. It was very weird. And as we walked out, one of the guys that I was with joked, oh, I wonder if it's just that John 5 buys them all. And as I walked out, it was a bit of a funny joke, but I think maybe he's right. Yeah. Maybe John 5 does just, they just have a hotline to, like, you know, they, they pick up the phone and you know how you have to dial nine for an outside line? I reckon they have to dial five, five. and it just goes yeah. straight through to him. <laughs> oh, is that John? Yeah, John, yeah, John, John I got enough one, mate. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll send it straight over. He's got them all. He's In, the- um, when we, at, at Download, like 2012 or 13, I went there with Total Guitar and, uh, and and I got to well they were interviewing. Did you John meet Jonathan Five? Five? Yeah, I was doing the sound for like Total Guitar magazine whilst they were doing all their interviews. His full name is actually Jonathan Fifteen. Okay, right. and he was he was he was. Bloody He's actually brilliant. Power Man Five Thousand. He was such a, he was such a cool dude. So the thing was they were like talking about guitars with everyone and and John Five for all his theatrics was definitely like the most down to earth but also like the most willing and eager to talk about he was so yeah. excited he loves he's, guitars he's yeah. great he's oh, really he's great brilliant. He's, it's really funny whenever I scroll through Instagram and see a picture of a telly it always says oh John Five's like this so he's, he's obviously <laughs> doing exactly what we do you, you know you go you go sit that means you follow John great. Five of course I follow yeah, John Five you. but he's, he's really cool he's okay. so cool he has a great taste in guitars I he love buys tellies all I love the time. that he, he makes a Telecaster like work in, in whatever genre that you know he's yeah, involved in metal jazz yeah exactly classical. which is great chicken picking is kind of his thing which I is why the, the Telecaster is the best guitar of all time of course but I also I love and it does occasionally get some flack I love that he went for that original like three by three headstock on his first signature model. oh yeah that, that yeah it was like the hockey oh, stick man. but without the I hockey stick I loved it yeah, I loved that headstock. headstock it was so cool it was so great but my point was um, at the at download when uh, they were interviewing John 5 the last question they were asking everyone that they interviewed was like oh what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you on stage and it was sort of going around the room and like Lee Malia was there and I think you know, Lee Malia was like, I think he just got his Epiphone Les Paul signature at the time. And they asked him what his most embarrassing story was. He was like, oh, yeah, I, I once broke a string on stage, like before a solo where I had to play that string. And so not I, not I didn't very really embarrassing, is it? No, it was I kind mean, of a bit standard. And then like there was, I think yeah, I know what John Fox is. Thy so. is murder. And he was like, yeah, there was uh, one of my guitar cut out like halfway through a song. Like this was sort of, this was the grade of, of like the metal stars most embarrassing moments it was really mundane like the whole thing was mundane and then John Five was there and he was like John Five was like yeah 
one time I um I was playing a gig uh uh with uh Rob Zombie and I was wearing a see-through uh like a clear rubber onesie and I'd taken a load of really bad drugs and I pooed myself nice uh, <laughs> during the show and so I was trying to keep my back turned to the audience for the whole time because it was all just seeping down it was just like the most graphic story <laughs> to, for, for him to deliver like everyone else had just been so safe and, and tame with their stories and he just went all in and just told like four guys that he'd never met about this horrendous time I think um, there was a similar story I remember reading about Michael Schenker but he had a similar problem, except what he was wearing was incredibly tight leather trousers. So he played the entire gig while it just like vacuum sealed in. Oh, and then, uh, at least these then all just creeped off stage at the end. At least these are all wipe clean solutions. If you've just been wearing <laughs> jeans, things get a little bit more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and John Five, yeah, yeah, John Five played guitar on Bow of Hell 3, The Monster is Loose. <laughs> oh, I love that record. I didn't know that. I really like that album. I mean, I like all three Bow of Hells, but three was especially good. He, uh, According to Wikipedia, he maybe only played on the title track, The right. Monster is Loose. Oh, okay. But um, that's mad. How yeah. about that? It was a good, good album, actually. I, I mean, it wasn't as good as... Was it Bow of Hell 1 or 2 that has the Stratocaster or Telecaster story? Do you remember I, that one? I don't know. Where, where he's like... Uh, um, he he's telling a story about the guitar that possesses him to to kill his parents, and he's like, uh, "I don't know enough yeah, about it, it, meatloaf." No, to... no, it finishes. It's, it's a monologue. It's just a monologue, and he's like, "I can't remember if it was a Telecaster or a Stratocaster, but I remember it had a voice like an angel, and it sung to me." And he has these this bit at the end where he's like, um, "And I took the guitar into my parents' bedroom." And I raised the guitar above my head, and just before I brought it down upon my father's head, my father woke and screamed, Stop! Stop, boy! What the hell are you doing? That's no way to treat an expensive musical instrument. And then there's a solo. <laughs> Well, there we go. I'm so happy we all witnessed that. I'm very, very glad. It was, it was a great record. As you can tell, we're all in fine form. I'm really happy to be back. I was thinking about it like on the way home from work today. I was like, I really can't wait to podcast today. And uh, turns out it's not been a disappointment so far. No. So there's still, uh, there's what still are we like? about 47 50, minutes 50 left minutes, to go. Yeah, 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 you know, I'm sure Joe will say something inappropriate in a Indeed, minute. problematic. Um, so a couple of things to go over. First off, it, like I mentioned, it is a question special. Um, we thought so much time away um, and... And because we've not been doing regular podcasts for a little while, it was time to answer some of your questions directly from the old Facebook group. So we've got a whole bunch of questions. But the big news is, at, while we were at NAM, one of the podcasts we put out was episode 150, which should have been the, the Guitar quiz. Nerds quiz. Oh. So next week, I didn't want to do it this week because I feel like we need one episode to you know, notify Wait, people. Wait, I need to write it? Did you win the last one? No. I think Nightsy. I won the last one. No, I definitely didn't. I had the worst. I think I oh, won I had the a last bad one. Day no, I think. Then had to do the oh, quiz I, I think. No, I think Packham won it. I think I won it. Did I write it? I hosted it. Joe hosted the last. I one. think I won it because I've had it in my head. I've I've written down. All right, some li- the listeners will have yeah, to. Yeah, no let one us know. needs yeah. to know about so, this. Someone let us know in the Facebook group who won the last quiz. Because what the one thing I'm not going to do is go back and listen to the episode. Of course not. I mean, you could just listen to the last five minutes. Eh, maybe. Should we listen to it now? Should Such I get a, it? No, don't do that. Um, so next week is going to be the quiz <laughs> podcastception. I'm going to try and uh, <laughs> I'm going to. If it is me, I'll write it. Jay, if it's you, obviously find some time to write the quiz. Um, or what? Well, you're off the podcast forever. 
uh, where are you going to record it? At your house still. <laughs> okay, right, okay. Um, we'll have a nice dinner with you and then you have to go away and then we'll record <laughs> okay, the podcast. Right. I have to go see the other room with Maddie. Exactly, that, right? that okay, is right, it, okay, yeah, right. yeah. So um, next week is uh, the quiz. Uh, always a highlight in the old podcast calendar. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd give everyone a bit of notice that next week, you know, is, is going to be a good episode. Not sure about this week, we'll see. So with that, it's time <laughs> to go into... Whoa, <laughs> oh god it's good to good be back time. i do kind of feel like we're missing a trick here by not giving joe two microphones and stereo, stereo. panning him <laughs> just him the rest of us can stay in the center channel i think Wait, podcasts can only be mono can they I think, oh, oh that's a shame i'm try? sure that's L- not next true week, yeah, maybe not I think give Joe maybe you and me can share a mic and Joe can have two stereo brands. I think they should be either side of the room. Stereo Joe can do like a. What's what's that weird thing that that's like a thing on YouTube where people talk into a mic? ASMR. Don't get Joe started on this. Why don't we Why don't we do a Joe one of those? ASMR. Who really love that sort of thing can listen to Joe whisper quietly into a microphone in full stereo. Listen to the band Polymath. Welcome to ASMR. And Stonefield basses. No one wants that. So, first question comes from Connor. Bonefield Stasis. Aluminium necks. Pros, cons, and any well-known players use them. Matt Knight, any thoughts? Uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> I completely lost his name. Uh, I was going to say Buzz Aldrin, but that's not right. But uh, King Buzzo from uh, yeah. the Melvins. He's the obvious Obviously. one, isn't he, I think? He is the obvious one for Buzz uh, Aluminium Necks. <laughs> yeah. Buzz Aldrin. There's, Buzz Aldrin. There's a um, band that I'm good friends with as well called um, uh, Mutiny on the Bounty, a band from Luxembourg who play um, electric guitar company aluminium neck guitars. Have you had? A, has anyone had a chance to try an aluminium neck guitar? Yeah. I well, would... I went on tour with them. Okay. What was the verdict? Yeah, I mean, they're... They they do feel unusual because I think there's um there's a, a warmth and a sort of homeliness to to wood on a neck that you sort of lose. It's a bit more functional. It's a bit more like a tool. Um, with, with, you know, with the aluminium neck, Stop giggling. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I it was less of a disadvantage than I expected. Matt, any thoughts? Um, I think the thing is, is overall you tend to get a guitar. Well, actually, if you buy an EGC guitar, you can get wood bodies with aluminium necks yeah, and yeah. vice versa as well. But they do tend to be heavier. Um, but I think you get a very different sustain, a very different sound. But I think you're very limited into the guitars that you can get. In fact, the only guitar I have tried with a, well, I don't know if it was aluminium, but a metal neck was that weird Vox guitar we had in for repair once that was the the organ one that was a hollow aluminium neck that had like 300 wires running, running yeah. in the um, do you know the story behind that because I covered this a bit for a video that we did for Guitar Nerds where yeah basically each um, each fret and every each string on the neck has got a separate wire connected to it so it's called yeah the Vox organ I can't remember the, there's a model name but it's the Vox organ guitar so each fret and each string has got a wire connected to it inside the neck and it works on resistance, basically. So the lower down you are on the fret is a lower resistance mm. or a higher resistance. Lower resistance, so it produces a lower note. So what you're actually hearing is not 
when you've got the organ sound triggered on the guitar, it's not like you strumming, but it's where you're placing the string and then hitting the string. Right. Where, where you're placing your finger and then hitting the string. <clears throat> so it's sort of like how a modern guitar synth works, but it's working by the fret coming into contact with the string and that providing the resistance and telling the guitar what note to play. That's weird. Yeah. I do remember yeah. that video and I didn't understand it then. No, I neither did really I. In fact, now. I understood so little about it that in that video I just pulled a quote from an article that did know what they were talking about right, and okay. just read that out and then <laughs> didn't even accompany it with pictures. I just put the text from the article there. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I'm into a couple of guitar players that use aluminium mm-hmm. guitars and I've never had a chance to have a go on one properly. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I seem to remember a couple coming through the shop at one time or another and I you know, played both the chords I know and they it sounded really good and really resonant but um, Steve Albini uh, obviously legendary record producer and guitar player in the band Shellac uses them and loves them and uh, Steve Brooks from Torch and Floor two of my favourite bands uh, he he uses them and swears by them and uses really really low tuning yeah exactly that, and, and, it, and it works fantastic yeah. so yeah I mean I, I've always been super interested but Obviously, they are extremely expensive. Yeah. There was a there was a Travis Bean in the uh, in the GC that I was in the other week. Yeah. Um. And it was uh. Yeah. It just looked incredible. Absolutely Mega money. incredible. Yeah. It was. It um, was big money. Yeah. I mean, to buy a new one, if you buy an EGC, they start at two thousand nine hundred dollars, which isn't like extreme considering some of the maybe more boutique guitars we saw um, at Nam. But um, I get the feeling, looking at their neck shapes, that they just feel like standard guitar neck shapes that you'd expect on a, a Gibson or a Fender, but they come in a hollow or a solid finish. Really? Oh, really? So yeah. Weird. I don't think I'd want a hollow neck. I think that would seem um, odd to me. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the pr- to some of the pros... And- stepping on it. Yeah. And, oh, I've crushed it like a Coke can. Um, yeah, I guess the pros and cons are obviously pro. Uh, the pros would be it's got a certain sound if you want it, but also the yeah. setup um, stability because you know it's not like wood; it's not as no. prone to moving as a wooden neck would be. And well, and you can get that with companies like Vigier that do the carbon fiber. Yeah, sure, sure. They um, they actually state on their website that aluminium uh, expands and contracts way much more than wood oh, right. when exposed to different temperatures. So you actually have to let an instrument um, acclimatize to the room temperature for about 30 minutes. Right, sure, apparently. sure. But I guess it's so not... So that could be a potential downside. I'm but, sure it's uh, not... It doesn't, like, bend and bow in the same way that wood does, though. I think that's the that's the difference. No. Unless you've got some sort of ridiculous, like million gauge string on it or something that's just bending it over sure, but sure. apart from that i think it'd be fine but um i guess in one way i don't know i i can kind of feel a satin aluminium neck just feeling kind of smooth they're, kind of nice and my problem with them, in. this is going to sound really stupid but they're always really cold and yeah. like yeah, this is my concern them, it's like my hand feels cold i'm not into this yeah. and i'm sure when they warm up you know if you got one on stage what about outside great, gigs but, though I mean, how many outside gigs do you play? Well, I don't know. I was speaking. We were speaking to a gear man dude at um, at Nam, and he played a gig. He was talking about how well his telly stood up when he had to play a New Year's gig in like minus four. Wow! And that his te- I, I wouldn't his telly did a good job. I'd be like, no, it's too cold. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he realised <laughs> it was going to be that cold. I'm having but, a snow day. But his telly like stood up. Imagine if he'd tried to play 
a Travis Bean in those conditions. His hand would have stuck to the Well, guitar. exactly, yeah. Exactly, it'd be like Dumb and Dumber. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I can only play E. Stuart Tate says, strangest phone call you've ever taken while working in a shop. J Cross. Oh, no. I wish we'd thought about this one before. We should, uh-huh. we, I mean, we could do a whole Patreon on this. Yeah, we could. Um, strangest phone call I've ever taken whilst working in a shop. Um, what have I done? I... I've hung up on a few people after telling them that if they swear at me one more time, I'm going to hang up on them. There's a lot of swearing. That's always that's always fun um, because people don't ever expect you to actually hang up on them. Yeah. Uh, so I once hung, I, I'm not going to name any names, but I did once hang up on a very famous guitar player because he kept swearing at me. Really? Yes. Um, Billy Sheen. It was Billy Sheen. That's correct. No, it wasn't Billy Sheen. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hung up on someone really famous because, uh, and it was only because something was out of stock and they needed it that day and it wasn't it wasn't my fault it was out of stock but he kept being very rude to me so I hung up on him okay. after the podcast and, uh, I'm going to ask you who and, and then called back uh, to apologise oh nice was, uh, that's always nice so, so there we go um, but uh, strangest phone call you're going to have to come back to me I'm going to have to have a think okay so I'll share one while you guys have a think but once and this is when I was very early on working in guitar shops I didn't take the phone call but I was in the room when someone did a customer phoned up and said so, um, I got my son this guitar for Christmas, and um, yeah, it like it's making a buzzing noise, and oh, the and the uh, I know what this story and is. the salesman said, okay, well, you know, it's probably just like the setup, or it might, you know, it might be an earthing issue or something, but it's oh, probably I the setup this. if it's just buzzing. And the guy went, what? And um, the salesman said, uh, you know, can you describe it a bit more for me? And he said, well, yeah, yeah, it's just. You know, it's, at the moment, uh, you know, I've plugged it in and it's just on the floor at the moment. It's making this really loud buzzing sound. And uh, he said, well, how... He said, I haven't played it yet. And he said, well, how do you know that it's buzzing then? And he went, well, I took it out of the box and it came with this funny plug. So I, I put... I cut the cut the end of the plug off and I put on a, a UK plug. And the salesman said, well, no, the amp should have come with a UK plug. And he said, well, no, no, we haven't got an amp. The plug that came with it that's got, you know, two of the same ends on it, I cut that off and then I wired it to a to a, a UK plug and I put it in the wall, then I put it in the guitar and like it's just like buzzing and I haven't touched it. And what he had done was he had taken the jack lead and he had cut one of the jack ends off and then he had wired a three the pin plug in there into a three pin plug and then he had plugged it in and then he had not touched the guitar, luckily. He'd put it on the ground so that because he only had a short guitar cable so he could plug it into the wall and and left it there and hadn't really touched the strings or maybe he'd like strummed them and nothing had really happened but yeah the guitar was buzzing because there was direct power from the wall going straight into the guitar mental yeah i i was it do you think that's actually real or do you I've think no it's idea. someone I, I, no idea it could have been a wind up it could have been a wind up but from the tone of the person taking the phone call it seemed quite real and well it go on, sorry, go on no go on no no i was i was, I was gonna th- i had another wind up one just while i thought while, while you were talking i thought of uh, someone else who definitely was a wind up once and it just made me think of another i think it was before i'm thinking it was before me and you might have told me the story in the really early days of mail order someone rung up and was like they were like you know hello you know how can i help and they were like yeah i'm uh after a compressor and they were like oh okay you know what sort of compressor he's like oh well, it needs to be like really fat and they were like okay well you know you could try try this one and they said no nah, hmm. no like really fat and they were like oh, okay well you know this and it's got 
bass, you know. And I think they were talking about like studio compressing. He went, no, I need one as fat as your mum, and then just hung up the phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's no good one. Yeah, that's uh, that's a classic wind up. That's a classic wind up. Joe Brenton, any thoughts? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Remember, okay. you can't libel anyone. You can't put down any organisation you have currently or have previously worked for. Yeah. Um, I know. You can't say any names. I know. Well, I will. You can't say any swears. Yeah, I know. So my weirdest phone call that I've ever received uh, when I was working in the guitar shop was from myself. Okay, (laughs) go on. (laughs) Interesting. So, and it was actually, it was this year. So um, in early January, um, I, uh, I, we came back to work after New Year's and I had, um, I had an email in my inbox from, uh, from someone at the shop being, and it like just had a statement in quote, quote mark saying i want to play all the guitars and then like great one mate and and that was it and i was like i don't know what he's talking about i'll leave that and then like a little while later i had a phone call from uh from charlie the girl in basses and she was like oh you've you've really wound up mike the other guy in basses with your your phone message the other day and i was like i i don't know what you're talking about and so she uh she uh played it down the phone to me off of the work answer machine and then later was able to send it through to my my extension so i could i could listen to it but it would appear that at some point on new year's <laughs> <laughs> on new year's eve i was so inebriated yeah that i called up the gak base department and left a me- a message in a funny voice of course requesting to play all of the bases. All of the bases. But the thing is, I have absolutely zero recollection of it. <laughs> and whilst the accent is is something that I would do, it's not especially a favourite. So it, it it was confusing. I wasn't 100% sure it was me, but it certainly, it, it sounds like it probably is me. It, it definitely sounds like it would be you. Yeah, it probably is. The problem was they got that message at 7pm. <laughs> on... On New Year's Eve. Oh, I see. <laughs> so they'd only actually just left work. Yeah, and I don't remember being that drunk at that point, mm. but evidently I must have been. It doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't surprise me. Jay Cross, have you thought of anything yet? I, I don't think there's anything that I can talk about on... Uh... I mean, there's plenty that I can't talk about. Well, completely. And if, we, if we ever do a live show that isn't recorded for a podcast, I'd oh, be more I'm than willing to, to talk share about these. these sort of things. No, a lot, of, a lot of the, a lot of the questions that, a lot of the phone calls that we get were, were just, were just boring. So, oh, hello there. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a whole. You want to talk about forty bottle tops, and we can, we can talk about that <laughs> off the off air. But you know, no, let's. I, I, I'm not willing to. <laughs> I'm not willing to <laughs> let's, to risk let's move risk on. my comfortable existence right now. I think that's a good thing. Robin says, so Nam and Strymon and Empress... Uh, so Sorry, so Nam saw Strymon and Empress release Eurorack stuff. And recently, big Eurorack synth guys have been releasing uh, guitar to Eurorack converter units. Are we going to see guitarists with walls of effects all hooking up with Wii cables like a synth player of old? Matt Knight. Well, while everyone else was hungover and busy... I went to the modular synth zone on Sunday to check out all the modular synthesizers because modular synthesizers are amazing. Um, and actually, one company did do such a thing. Pittsburgh Modular made the Patchbox Enclosure, which was a three-button pedal board 
um, with a Eurorack um, power unit and then all the extra CV uh, ins and outs on top. Surprisingly, didn't sell very well. Um, so they discontinued it. And actually, you can plug your guitar into Eurorack stuff, um, but the line level um, is like plus 20. It's really hot, so you can't just plug a guitar into it. You actually have to get a special um, like interface just to be able to get your guitar up to the line level you need. Um, but to be honest, the, spending a lot of time with my mate's um, studio, he does a lot of sound design stuff with, with Eurorack. You just don't need to plug a guitar in. You can do it. You, you can do so much from Eurorack and different modules. A guitar is like a pointless controller. You don't really even need a keyboard because certain modules can just do everything for you. Um, I think you might see some guitar players may plug more stuff in, but I think most. I think what you're seeing now in the Eurorack world will start ideas will start becoming pedal ideas that guitarists can use rather than actually like guitar players plugging into Eurorack gear. I think I think people really modular guys are creating stuff that are unbelievable. Stuff that I've never seen traditional guitar effects do. I think people realise that as well. Like, I don't think these companies are expecting to sell... Like, Strymon are not expecting to sell a load of Eurorack stuff to guitar players. The people I think they're expecting no. it to sell to are, like, studio guys who, like, might play a bit of guitar, so know the Strymon name um, and, you know, want to get some Strymon stuff for the studio. But it's also more about, like you say, how can they create some new ideas that then become guitar pedals, I think. I think, yeah, and I think the thing is, is the community around Eurorack... Um, is massive I think uh, and the thing is the, there's potential in this market that we just we're not reaching right now and we've we've got the production team to be able to build them more affordably and build them in, you know um, in bigger amounts so the Zvex have done the Fuzz Factory recently um, I think they did a couple of their other ones I think um, there was Strymon maybe JHS there's loads of companies like building into, into Eurorack stuff now um, but yeah, hopefully you'll, what you'll start seeing is a lot of the Eurorack things I was seeing being ported into guitar pedals, like granular synthesizers with like proper displays and being able to patch stuff um, internally. Actually, there was a set of Roland Eurorack stuff, digital ones that are now discontinued that had an iPad editor that you could then virtually add your own modules in and create a uh, Eurorack system on your iPad and then plug your guitar into that because it had a general guitar jack in. We were like, should totally make this into a guitar pedal. So I've got one in the office at the moment. It's really cool. That's the Demora. Um, so if you wanted to mess around with Eurorack and the guitar, and find a discontinued Roland Demora um, delay pedal. You want to go down that route. Sounds bonkers. Joey B, Levi's got a question for you. He says, best bass fuzz, question mark. Oh, it is uh, it is tricky. There is uh, there's a lot of very very good stuff um, around. Well, actually, bass fuzz is very tricky to do. Um, I think at the moment for me, the Electro Faustus guitar disruptor. Um, okay, is... so you've gone in for like a you know real general purpose one right there. <laughs> yeah, it's is a real. But but I'm really. It depends what you want from a fuzz. If you want traditional or modern, this is a the uh, the Electro Faustus is a super gated, really really modern sort of fuzz factory yeah. style uh, fuzz. But I, I I think it's absolutely fantastic, and they're very very affordable. I think they might be just under the hundred. British pounds. 
pound mark, which pretty is pretty impressive, uh, isn't it? Which is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if you consider like the next one, I'd probably be looking at is the Zvex uh, Fat Fuzz Face, which you know is is. 200 pounds plus however if you're looking for anything affordable at the moment um we mentioned this on the podcast maybe we actually mentioned this on the patreon episode last week but uh ashdown and uh dr dr green which is the name of their their pedal range they're, yeah. they're actually abandoning their pedal range so they're um, are they yeah well i think they're replacing it or moving right, on or okay. whatever anyway they're getting rid of old stock as the the, the line seems to have been uh, to have had limited success and the um i always thought they were the fuzz was probably the best thing out of their range which was the bearded lady um of yeah yeah whatever and uh yeah the uh the dr green bearded lady they're now uh they're now selling for around 30 pounds i mean that is really cheap they were like 130 quid when they came out they also did another one which was called the hairy tongue and i think that is uh that is actually uh, going for the uh for the same sort of money so um so so yeah so if if you want like a a cool vin- uh, a sort of boutique style vintage fuzz then i think absolutely snap up those dr green deals at the moment like you know it just for 30 pounds it's the price of a behringer pedal these are way way better than that i know they weren't popular and that's i think simply that competition is so high at the moment for for these uh for, for sort of boutique style pedals but yeah. but yeah absolutely check those out Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, and also a bit of competition, I guess, at their original price. You know, you've got to be looking at the electromonic stuff. Yeah. You know, the fact that they've reissued, what, four different big muffs in yeah. like, or not even reissued, but like, you know, done some kind of modded stuff. I mean, the Russian big muff, uh, which is now in nano form, yeah. I think you can't beat for bass. It's one of the best bass sounds ever. I completely agree. I'm so glad that that pedal's come back. Yeah. it's um, And there's also a way huge one as well. Oh, yeah, there is as well. Oh, yeah. the uh, Swollen Pickle. No, no, the no. Green, it's called the Green Russian, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking for something on a budget, you can't go wrong with that electroharmonics fuzz. I mean, no. whether it fulfills the criteria of best bass fuzz is subjective, but I just think for the value for money, um, obviously those Dr. Green ones are incredible value for money at the moment, but when yeah. they're gone, probably the next thing is, you know, a little big muff of some 
Not the little big muff. That's a bad tiny pedal. Yeah. But one of the smaller big mm. muffs, I think, yeah, is, is where you're going to go. There was actually another fuzz that I think uh, works really well on bass if you want to go down like the super boutique line. Um, Matt, I'm going to need your help with the with the name. There were those massive sort of rust-finished uh, pedals um, that we had a butcher's at. Um, oh, the Medor Electronics. Medor, or Medor yeah. Electronics. Medor or Medor. M-E-D-O-R. Yeah, we were never sure on the pronunciation. Where were they from? New Zealand, Australia, something uh, like Australia. That? Australia, yeah. Um, really super cool. Again, like if you're into supercated fuzz, like it's it's not a traditional fuzz. And and of course, this answering this question, this question, fuzz can never really be a general thing because the modern and vintage style of fuzz are so totally different, yeah. almost different effects. And if you like one, you don't like the other. Generally well, speaking, I mean, also even vintage fuzz, uh, even vintagey fuzz from one brand. The difference between a regular Big Muff and the Russian Big Muff and the uh, Op-Amp Big Muff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's so much variety on fuzz and bass slightly less so for guitar. But then again, a lot of kind of guitar pedals cross over, yeah. you know, on bass. So. Absolutely. Actually, just quickly on that brand, we should mention um, he also sent us the modified metal zone that he does, which he calls the fuzz zone. Oh yeah, um, which basically completely redesigned the circuit of a metal zone, and it does everywhere from like a clean boost to like a synth fuzz with a controllable pitch oscillation. Oh, that's but, like all from one metal zone. It's what? just got one extra switch and one extra control on it. It's absolutely amazing. Why have I not seen this pedal yet? Because uh, uh, yeah, it's at my house, and you never come to my house. That is true. I don't want to go there because it's up that London, isn't it? Don't like going up that London. London. You don't like that London. I don't like up that London. Um, Chili says, what's the difference between the drive channel of a solid state amp and a traditional stomp box drive pedal? Why does a solid state amp drive always sound uh, so much worse than a simple drive pedal? Aren't they similar? Matt Knight, any thoughts? I I read this question earlier and I was like, I'm sure there's a really easy, (laughs) easy technical answer for this. And I'm like, I don't really know how to explain it i guess in a way they they do really work on the same thing but a lot of the kind of i guess a lot of the like solid state drives that people remember hearing are from really old like 80s transistor amps which generally don't sound very good yeah i mean people are remembering Um, the jazz chorus drive here that's what's yeah also they're also remembering the drive on the jazz chorus which is one of the worst drives of all time but i mean anything Um, you know you think about like you know old pv amps and things that even we rave about like the pv bandit the drive channel on that is not a good sounding drive and i think it is just that you know it's it was a function added to an amp when, you know, people didn't really care that much about drives. I just think, you know, it, 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 you could build an amp now, conceivably, with a really good drive pedal as the kind oh. of gain circuit. I guess if you look at the crank amps, I mean, we had a secondhand Krankenstein, which oh, was yeah. the Dimebag yeah. Daryl signature one. I thought it sounded terrible, but that was his signature drive sound in in his amp yeah you know and i guess it is part of it what you make of it but a lot of those old 70s and 80s ones the clean sounds are way better because they've got massive headroom and then they're not being you know driven by valves but the drive sounds they've had to put in them just sound terrible well and i mean if you're talking about drive pedals in amps i know that ryan from 60 cycle hum recently has been going on about the ibanez tube screamer amp yeah which I, I i mean i never really saw the oh they were so weird i see i never really saw the appeal of them and i i remember I, mark i remember you being quite into it yeah 
And I, I just, I thought they didn't no. sound very good. Maybe, I agree. I yeah, agree. I, think, I don't think they sounded like tube screamers. But a lot of people really, really, look, Ryan bought one. And I think since, a, a couple of other people on uh, on the 60 Cycle Hum page have bought them as well and seem to be really into them. I don't know. I, I never really got it. And I... I'm I'm with Matt. I think there probably is a very simple explanation as to why this why it's not the case. But um, unfortunately, um, this is guitar nerds, not amp nerds. Well, so we I mean, don't know. by the same token, I think if you bought a PV Bandit <laughs> now and put some drive pedals in front of it, it probably still wouldn't sound that good. You know what we're talking about here is where, you know most people that are hearing these drive pedals are hearing them through a valve amp. There are definitely certain. Um, uh, you know, certain things that break that rule, like you can put pedals in front of a katana, not a problem. Um, but most most of the time, the thing that makes those amps with a pedal in front sounds good is that they've got a valve output stage. Mm. Um, and that's that's what makes the difference. So just replacing, you know, like the preamp of a PV Bandit, for example, with uh, the preamp from a nice pedal that you like, it's probably not going to solve the issue. It's because, you know, the... Um, the output stage actually makes makes the difference. So, yeah, I mean, that would be my thoughts. Um, but I think mainly it's just that people on old transistor amps didn't really care that much what they actually sounded well, like. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be that as well. I think that's a huge part of it. Um, Andy says, do we spend too much time thinking about gear and not enough time actually playing? I yes. mean, we are certainly yes. guilty of that, the four <laughs> of us. However, no, surely not. I feel, I feel as though we probably have a bit of an excuse in that we do this yeah. podcast that yes. we probably have an excuse it's uh, you know who doesn't have an excuse all the idiots listening to us right now idiots. none none of you people have got an excuse as to why you're thinking about gear instead of playing we have to research stuff i mean i've got tons of playstation to play oh. i've got to look after my cats uh you know no seriously this year i'm going to try and play more guitar i'm going to at the least do an album this year um and i might do some gigs and I'm going to try to be a better guitar player as well. This really, this really, this thing came to a head for me when I went to GitCon, and as soon as I got there, realised that it was like an event for people who played guitar, <laughs> not just <laughs> not not people who just talk about stuff. Yeah, like exactly. We do. And they were like, they were like, yeah. Did you walk in that bid or like? Hello there, I'm here for bass-related <laughs> queries, and everyone looked at you just like, oh right, great, uh, Brandon's yeah. here. No, but I, I you know, I said, why, why couldn't they send Matt? What's weird is the amount of people he won over, the amount of people who came up they, at NAM who were they, like, everyone get, get comp people. That's more about like, them than anything. They were like, we love this guy. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's Joe Branton. Oh, he's such a cool guy. Most of them had to like take me to a hospital at one point or another across <laughs> the whole week. <laughs> I love when he threw up on himself. He crazy guy. Yeah, I was a crazy <laughs> guy. But yeah, the, uh, the you know when I turned up there and there were like these these booths for doing the demos and they were like yeah you can just pen off the time you want to go in there and like record a demo and I was like I don't, I don't really I don't play, play guitar, guitar. <laughs> <laughs> talk about them. I talk about guitar uh, yeah I mean I'll just film myself can you just can can I just play a drone note and just yeah, do some weird it. stuff with the yeah. delay pedal they I didn't really have any pedals there that was the problem TC were about the only brand there that's why what? you ended up with a bloody tone print because <laughs> no. it's the only thing you could do <laughs> I was like Tor thank god you're here someone <laughs> um, to talk to so yes and I think you know it was one of my kind of resolutions in January to try and actually play a bit more guitar so far oh. it's, it's panned out that in January I've basically despite going to Nam and having loads of you know time off I don't think I've actually picked up a guitar 
in certainly in the last two I didn't play a guitar while we were at NAM really you know take, None it of off, us did. take it off the stand have a little play go oh that feels really nice yeah excellent brilliant okay see you later because you can't there's no time to plug stuff in or you know actually give it a proper demo um, so yeah I, uh, the last month I would say I've probably played or the, certainly the last two weeks I've probably played the least guitar I've ever played I'm definitely playing more I have uh, I mean is that because there's a shell pink Mustang in your bedroom yeah Partly, yeah. and I was going to, in all seriousness, yes, because I've now got uh, my offset telly in the living room, and anytime I'm just sat there, like yesterday, I watched two football matches, and through the entire two football matches, uh, which was Newcastle United versus Manchester United and Liverpool versus Southampton, I just played played my guitar like the cool. whole way through, except for when I went made dinner. And then just when I went out to bed... Up in the bedroom, I've got the shell pink Mustang. Played that for like 10 minutes before going and brushing my teeth. Nearly I'm playing guitar. more guitar than ever. And I think I'm doing a gig next month. I think. Okay. Exactly. Are you playing you guitar or bass? I'm playing bass in this new oh. band. Do you remember when we used to do gigs all the time? We always looked at those guys who were in their 30s and we're like, oh, he does one gig a year. I know, I know. God, call himself a real musician. I didn't, I didn't play a single show last year. And I think I only did one the year before that. Yeah. I, did, I managed one last year and two the year before. Unbelievable! Well, what have, what I've have we become? A gig for about five years. <laughs> no, come on, Matty. You're, you, we know that you're like the ultimate un-giggable bedroom creator. Rig. The ungiggable You've got an excuse. Rig. You've got an ungiggable rig. <laughs> you literally could... can't get it out of my house. It's like one of those people that needs a crane to get out to go to hospital. I'm like, no. I, <laughs> I need hell. I need a crane to get my rig out of my room. They have to knock out the external wall just to get the rack and you, out. And you can't drive. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Take it on the tube? Oh, there isn't even a tube station near your house. Just, no, there's not. Just <laughs> crane it all the way to um, Brixton. Does anybody have any any ideas for how I can take this ungiggable rig on uh, the main line to East Croydon, please? Just get the bus. <laughs> just pile, I, uh, pile it I, all on. I want to learn how to play guitar a bit better this year. I've actually I've signed up for guitar lessons. Have you? Yeah, yeah, with uh, with Chris Weber. Oh, okay, uh, the guitar Webster. Tutor. Yeah, yeah, Chris. Fender play, mate. Uh, well, I thought about Fender. <laughs> Fender play. I need I need someone to <laughs> I need someone to teach me because I need to uh, I need to bypass all the all the rubbish and just go straight to uh, learning some. Dragon Force. Uh, blues licks. Shop licks. Yes, yeah. some blues licks. Essentially, I want to start playing more guitar on the GAK YouTube channel. Yeah. And I'm not a good enough player to do anything other than... Not on guitar, I'm not a good enough player to mess around with anything I other mean, than a bass, ton of effects. Or, or bass, no, yeah, that's true. So, uh, so yeah, I signed up to lessons with uh, Chris Weber, who is who used to work with all of us at, at GAK and is now a, a guitar tutor in his own right. He has a, a massive beard and he loves Slash. Mate, this but, is uh, prime patreon content oh is it yeah oh it's prime patreon content every week after your lesson you could come home and you could record half an hour of what you've learned oh, including yeah. playing the guitar oh yeah that's true are you going to him or is he coming to you uh well actually he is uh becoming the official guitar tutor for gak okay, which is exactly that's... why i'm going to him because i get it cheap right okay that's good because what i was going to say <laughs> supporting is, your mates yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> he's taking the food out of his mouth thanks uh chris weber is a um bit of a whiskey connoisseur yes so i'm very glad that you're not going to him because oh. first of all 
uh, you wouldn't get anything done. And second of all, uh, you'd just drink all of his whiskey whilst he was whilst yeah. he went to the bathroom or something, which isn't fair. Do you know, whilst we were at NAM, uh, the cleaners tidied my desk at work and they removed all the booze from, really? from behind my desk. It's not there anymore. Problematic. Yeah. Oh, no. How are you going really? to do a working day? I don't know. It's been really difficult. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, honestly, you should that we can make that into a little Patreon yeah, feature. Okay. Branton Plays. Yeah. Branton, Branton Plays. Yeah, that's that doesn't. Branton Plays doesn't have a nice ring to it. We need something with a ring. Uh, uh, Joe's licks. Joe's licks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There it is. Joe, Joe learn lick. Joe, Joe learns licks. Now, if there was only a word that I could use to describe you that rhymes with lick, Licky mm. Branton. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. With this. That's horrible. That is horrible. And um, next up. Oh, God. Robin says, best bit crushy slash lo-fi reverby slash vibrato slash face style noise effects, Matt I mean, Knight. Those are just for different effects, like completely. Well, is, is there something that does all of that, Matt? Uh, no, but I, I've kind of got a couple of solutions for cool things. That I mean, might it sounds like you just want something weird. Um, Earthquake Devices Transmitter. Uh, which we did a little video on on the channel, which is really cool. That's their kind of super lo-fi ambient reverb with uh, modulation and a filter. Which you can you sweep can... via an expression yeah, pedal. You can, yeah, um, that sounds that like it would do cool. some of that. That's a um, super cool pedal. There's the um, Maleco pedals make the lo-fi Echo Six One Six, which is a analog delay with a bit crusher and modulation built in. Um, so it bit crushes all the repeats, which is quite cool. They're only 150 bucks actually. That's a really, really cool little pedal. Um, or one thing I've actually been thinking about getting, just kind of on maybe like a delay front that's a bit weird and wonderful, that covers some good modulation sounds in there. The way way huge super puss. Yes, analog what a delay pedal. with tap tempo. And then you've also got four different subdivisions which you can then send in sequence to get some kind of glitchy delayed repeat with loads of modulation on awesome bit of kit um it's not cheap uh and it's not easy to use and it's also not out yet but the new empress effects zoya i think will do basically anything that you ever want with yeah effects it's kind of like alexa but for guitar effects yeah zoya <laughs> can i have a synth sound please sure here's the manual just program it and then uh, you know you'll be there it's co- not quite like alexa is it because you actually have to pull the manual out no, you and do, uh, do loads it, of work it's it's re- actually just going back to the question about the euro rack basically they have bought euro rack style programming into multi effects that's effectively what it is yeah i can't wait to try one it looks absolutely amazing oh my god guys this is what we need to do what like a guitar nerds alexa style pedal we have what, to make where a, people just say what they want yeah, and then we it's suddenly a voice we make the effect. multi effects i'm not sure how that's going to work <laughs> what well, they Joe, someone feeds the audio through it do you what? know how many pedal builders listen to this podcast? Oh, also, yeah. what happens Whatever. when it's on stage and people are like singing around? Well, it? you could you obviously it'll be like it'll be like, like when you press, you're... <laughs> you press down the button like you do like you like you have to do with Siri. Hey Siri, <laughs> play you too. Hey Jay, play reverb effect. We're wrecking people's phones right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey Alexa, show me, uh, tell me something about Joe Branton. Play digger digger. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> Not that, not that. Um, so uh, let's move on. So uh, yeah, Robin, there's probably not one uh, thing that will do all of that, but there's some good uh, examples there. Also, check out the um, 
What was that brand you just mentioned that do the uh, Disruptor? Uh, Electro Faustus. Do they not do some weird cr- bit crushy stuff? Most of their stuff is weird bit crushy stuff. I mean, I think if you if you just want a bit crusher, then the Moore Lo-Fi, I think, is an excellent like entry level into those. If you just want to like try sort of weird bit yeah. crushy yeah. effects, then it's a really affordable sort of gateway pedal into that sort of area of things i also think like if you just i mean it does just sound like you want something weird if you want something weird and you want something affordable i still stand by the uh uh the behringer ultra shifter as just <laughs> such an absolutely bonkers pedal it's a, a pitch shifter that doesn't really shift it doesn't really work properly basically. but it's so good because of that it becomes such a wonderful lo-fi tool and it's so affordable and like the sort of thing you can just throw around and it, it just the, the the more broken it gets the better it sounds yeah so yeah cool pedal. Dave says pros and cons of different nut slash saddle materials and bridge pins for acoustics and electrics is there a difference noticeable at all Jay Cross you are a big fan of the old brass saddles I'm a huge fan of the old brass saddles um, I think that there are there are certainly pros and cons to brass saddles the cons are that you can't really intonate them to well, you can't intonate them if you're to the degree like telly you, bridge, but, uh, well, a, a te- yeah, bra- well, if you're talking about brass saddles, then but, yeah, but you could put brass saddles on anything, I suppose. Okay, but yes, brass saddles in terms of what you would expect on a traditional Telecaster bridge, so a fifty-two telly, for example, you can't intonate that in the same way that you can. Uh, I mean, a strap bridge or something like a Floyd or a Kayla or anything that's designed to be intonated. You know, you will lose that ability. However, I think it's worth the compromise because of the the, the vibe that you get out of the, the brass saddles, that extra ringiness. It just sounds and feels more like a real guitar to me now i appreciate that the sort of music that i play and the sort of music i'm into isn't going to be it, it will tolerate the fact that the guitar might sound a little bit out of tune every now and again because yes this is uh hot off the press i'm not a very good guitar player really? so you know my me being a little bit out of tune every now and again isn't going to be the worst thing in the world i can understand if you're playing in a extremely precision uh focused progressive math band it matters whether you're in tune or not. Subtle dig. Actually, maybe not. It doesn't. No, yeah, maybe it doesn't. not. In all no one's even listening, so it doesn't matter. Well, there Joe's is that. Got so much that. vibrato on his bass, it's basically out of tune. Yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. But for me, that's worth the compromise. Whether it it makes it makes a difference to you is a different matter. What? How do you feel about a brass nut? I've never really noticed a huge amount of. Di- I, I maybe I've just not used enough brass nuts i mean there was a there was a brass nut put on the uh 2016 les paul standards yep and i didn't really notice a huge amount of difference but then again that guitar was so radically different yeah that any difference you might have felt from the brass nut was maybe lost by the fact that the tuners were different or the uh the fretboard was super wide or, or whatever i'm not sure brass nut is not something that's ever really appealed to me to be completely honest with you do you know what i think that brass nuts are really good but i would never put them on anything because i think they look very bad right um and they they make a similar difference actually to the brass saddles just a bit more attack generally like a bit brighter sounding yeah um and that is a sound that i like obviously on bass 
But I could never put one on my base because it's like putting a gold thing on your base. You wouldn't yeah. do that, would you? No. You wouldn't suddenly have like, oh yeah, I've got like, you know, regular chrome hardware everywhere. Oh, I've got one. Just change it all to gold. One brass tuner. What, on his, like on, his, on his cracked sunset tangerine? I mean, Mark Packham has the worst looking P-Base no, I've uh, ever you're, seen. No, you're wrong. It, is <laughs> the absolute it, it best. looks terrible. The best it finish wouldn't ever. wouldn't if you put gold stuff sunset on it. Sunset orange transparent. Oh, it's so good. It had a chrome mirror scratch play on it at one point and a big M in sparkly letters. It was fantastic. For Mark? Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. Exactly. Oh my god. Andy it's- says, I've already asked this, but what stuff from Nam do you predict will make the final gear of the year 2018? Now this is a fantastic question. Oh, it is. Fantastic. This is a fantastic question. So one question. thing that you saw that you think might be on gear of the year at Nam, what do we think, J Cross? I'm gonna be a company person for oh, yeah, uh, yeah. for just a moment. Uh, yeah. You know that you know that no one from Fender's listened this far into the podcast. I'm gonna be a company person. I don't know if anyone listens this far into the well, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um something that I think is a little bit different and I think will be we will see a lot more of is the new Pro Junior. Okay. Because it sounds great. It sounds great. It sounds and it's great. It sounds great and it's tweed. Yeah, and so basically, what we what Fender has released is a cheap fifty-seven champ. Yeah, because you've yeah. only got volume and tone on it. Yeah, and which is all you need. Completely, and, oh, the whole, and that the, fat switch. One of the points. One one of the uh, one of the things with the the new Hot Rod series is that the the fact that the They're volume brilliant. control well the fact that the volume controls were borderline unusable previously no surely not has been has been Addressed. reworked and and you now have a usable volume control so the fact that you can use that on a on a home amp which I, bear in mind the same has been done with the blues junior here and i'm not saying the blues junior i think that new pro junior is it has, will completely throw a spanner in the works absolutely of, of, if, if if i was working in a guitar shop and that amp was out on the market now i don't know what i'd be doing because i would be losing all my credibility because all i've ever done is recommend the blues junior but now that hot that pro junior fantastic how much are they uh i don't know less than a blues junior okay uh 450 something like 469 pounds pretty good to me really cool and i if you're after a small home amp i i really think it's worth having a look at that's that would be i think that's an an underrated pick of of the because fender really so much stuff at nam and there's still stuff to come out i i I think that's going to be a banger cool um matt knight what did you see at nam that you think is going to be gear of the year 2018 um it's tricky because we didn't play a lot so i i want to like hear more stuff um i'm interested to hear this new tremolo reverb from music man but i i did play extensively the saint vincent hh which i absolutely loved yeah um i mean i hate to go on about my own company but katana air i think was really cool product this year um, that might be the I one thing that I buy. Really? That rather than the Katana Artist? I mean, that would certainly be... I mean, not for my living room. I don't need the Katana Artist. No. Could okay. barely fit a Katana 50 in there, let alone a Katana Artist. But I uh, think the Katana Artist is the... Uh, uh, is the... Uh, it, <laughs> is sort of one of the, the apps... <laughs> Sorry, what you, what you missed there and why Joe stumbled is because he was <laughs> reaching across the room for a bottle of wine <laughs> and a pint glass. Couldn't even finish the sentence before he was desperate to grab Please, 
wine well, and a pint well, okay, glass. Okay, so what the listeners won't have seen is that I've been trying to get a wine top up for about the last <laughs> half hour and Mark Packham has been refusing to pass me the ball, so I had to get Jay to do it. You've had enough, son. You've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought the Katana Artist was an absolutely cracking product. Uh, like, incre- like Incredible sounding and amazing for the money. And I think one of the first things we've seen that's going to give the Blues Junior a run for its money is... Mm. As, I've already told you the Hot Rod Pro Junior (laughs) yeah true 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 but I think um, you know there's been some I I, I love the Ormsby Goliath stuff but I know that we've that the, it kind of came out last year. So. You're saying the Jared Dines isn't going to win Gear of the Year 2018? <laughs> well, it's a great product, um, and the man is an anus. Uh, the uh, I don't <laughs> think uh, it will. Uh, but the absolute best thing that that came out, I think, and irrefutably will continue to be the best thing of 2018, is the Line Six HX Effects. Yeah, seemed good. Absolutely, seemed real good. Just seemed good. It seemed like the answer to everything. The Helix has been an incredibly successful product. The only thing that it that it couldn't maximise on was people who use pedals, uh, have who, people who are into pedals and want to keep their own board with their own pedals. This answers all of those things, whilst being the absolute tool. This is this this you're the absolute tool why would anyone buy an <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> I saw you perk up and I, I decided to up. let him finish his th- why would anyone sentence? buy buy an eventide H9 now okay what when there's the eventide H9000 or whatever it's called oh yeah you can buy that 7 yeah. grand 16 but, H9s in one uh, I, ju- I just think the HXFX is an absolute game changer a completely brilliant pedal I think uh, yeah I think line six. Have Finish the it. sentence before you pour that wine. Oh, well, I'm, I'm Unbe- done. Unbelievable. I'm, there. I'm, there. I'm, there. Um, I'm trying to think what I even saw at Nam. It seems like such a long time ago already, having a week off in yeah. between, that I can't actually even remember what I saw. What did I see that um, I liked? So let's see. So if it wasn't, did you like the new Guild stuff? I did. In fact, yes. That may be the winner to this this question. So because, the, the only but, thing to give Guild a run for its money very very quickly. Sorry to interrupt. It was the. Um, what was that French company that we saw that also did a similar style of sort of Fender esque custom shop? Uh, and I can't remember. Oh, um, they weren't. They weren't. Yes, what they were they? Sauvage guitars, Sauvage. And something else, but they weren't really Fendery. They were more like somewhere in between. Yeah, they were like Gibson yeah, like retro slash. style guitar. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they were great. But will they? Are they Gear of the Year contender? They're probably too custom for that. Right. Um, I would say that Guild, actually, what Guild are doing with their reissues, I was very, very impressed with. In fact, they've just launched that hollow body that's a little bit like a Gibson ES120, um, which I thought was excellent for the money. Not mega money, it was like 800 quid or something like that, um, and it was very, very good. So, yeah, Guild, I think this year, will be a kind of quite a player in uh, in the gear of the year. They're, they're doing a few things actually, like the S series, and they have that. I forget the name of it. The one that's like a double cut Les Paul kind of vibe, or you know, like a Epiphone Coronet kind of style, like double cut with a kind of flat, squarish body. Yeah. Um, tons of really good stuff. What about Cower? Yeah, Cower again doing some really nice stuff. Cower again, of love might be too. Um, 
kind of boutique for a sure. year. I, I don't I'm know if sure they have a new model this year. What about yeah. the, uh, the Titans? I think would definitely Titan yeah. definitely, but I don't know if there was a new model for the show this year. So I don't okay. know. It no. was Wild Custom, the name of Wild that Custom yeah. guitars. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, really good retro uh, stuff. What about the um, Victory amps in a box? The uh, Victory, the, the new Chapman yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, the the British made stuff. I really want to try because I didn't actually manage to get our hands on it at the mm-hmm. show. So yeah, loads and loads of stuff. Didn't Blackstar release a new amp? There's some new bass amps as well. Yeah, Blackstar yeah. some new bass amps. Uh, I don't know if I didn't get to try them. I didn't see them. We yeah. meant we were meant to have a meeting right. with them. I tell you what, I thought was really cool. Um, I didn't spend a huge amount of time there. And I, obviously, I didn't plug it in. But that new orange uh, Mastodon, yeah, new Brent head. That could be up there. Loads of stuff, basically. Yeah. Loads and loads of uh, good stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, we're just sort of listing stuff now. Well, aren't we? yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's the nice stuff that we saw. But throughout the year, I'm sure it will become clearer. Which one we uh, which we like, and then by this uh, well Christmas next year we'll have a gear of the year for 2018. Seems a long way away, but it will come around very quickly. Yeah, it's February already. How's that happened? I know madness. I know. True, absolute madness. I blame Joe. Talk about things that are going too long. Um, we should probably wrap up this show. Did we even answer really? half of these questions? We got about halfway through. We're going to answer a ton more over in the Patreon episode. Um, if you've a got. Ton. A ton more. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. We're from as little as $1 a month. You can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. At $1 a month, you get the regular episode ad-free and early. At $5 a month, you get access to a ton of bonus content. A ton. L- a ton. An extra half an hour of content every week, plus access to the miniseries like Branton's Ranton and a load of exclusive interviews as well. Um, and at the $10 tier, you become one of our executive backers, which means that Joe Branton has to read we'll, your we'll name read your out. name off while gargling this bo- bottle of wine. Don't gargle uh, the wine. That's okay. going to be horrible. But you are going to still do it in one breath. Is your body still capable of that? Or is it yeah, too yeah, no, no, it's after Nam? Okay, like <coughs> these people have. Emily James Baker, Christopher Ramsey, Zane Omar, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Derek Mitchell, Martin Cliff, Matt Davis, Aaron Sherman, Blake Wyland, Jake Gray, Christopher Lucas, Juan Correa, Scott Kennedy, Robin Smith, Rob Nordwick, Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carlos Mancha, Steve Merkel, Blair Tobbs, Mark Ross, Brad Page, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Laurie Anston, Jake Godfrey, Paul Corrigan, Mac Wyatt, Widdle Claire, Scott O'Brien, Phil Thompson, Moon Grabbing, Colin Anderson, that's all of you. I can bring you out again if I wanted to, but you know what? I'm going to stop right here because right now I'm feeling like I should probably drink a bit more wine. Yes. It's like Victor Meldrew rapping. You went as red as a that tomato. It's <laughs> the same colour as that Merlot you're uh, drinking right now. Um, I don't know if anybody else saw, but on the uh, on the on the Facebook group, somebody I can't remember who it was, but somebody put a picture up of Joe with the quotes: "Give me oh, your money, so I'll say your name." <laughs> so Indeed, good. he will. Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. If you want to join in the conversation around the show, best place to do that: Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum you can also at us at twitter and at instagram oh twitter indeed retro indeed um and you can watch the videos and stuff that we get up to making at youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos thanks very much for listening this week uh to next week is the quiz is it really the blimming quiz quiz again lord join us next week for some quizzing good fun see you later thanks gang Bye. bye 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.